Hi, my name is Corey, and welcome to the RCF Podcast, a place where you can dive deep into what the scriptures say, get caught up on current events, or sit back and listen to topical discussions on life from all ages. Ben Bennett and I are still here with Emma after her interview with uh, my dad or Pastor James about her aspirations of going to school of ministry and all of her wonderful plans for life. If you didn't catch that and you would still like to, you can find it on um, our main host, Buzzsprout, or you can also find it on Spotify and iTunes podcasts um, or really anywhere that you listen to podcasts. It should be there. Ben and I just had some other topics that we wanted to discuss with Emma, just a bit more um, serious ones. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, Um, because... You dealt with um, how many years ago was it? Some years ago, was it eight years, eight ago. years ago. Eight years ago, um, you and your family uh, dealt with uh, the death of your father, um, and that was a, a tragic thing that happened. And I just wanted to ask you um, how the Lord used that in your life. Um, how did you first off? How did you deal with the, um, the grief of losing him? T- mm-hmm. Um, and I guess I, I should probably say that um, he committed suicide, or yes. would you like me to say that? Oh, or would you I, like you? Either way. Okay. <laughs> I'll probably go into that. Okay. All right. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> it feels weird to do this with like... <laughs> yeah. So I'm just going to try and make it as casual as possible, because I'm really curious, because it's something that's not talked about a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a very real thing. Um it's it's a concern. It's a concern, especially with this year, with everything that's going on. Um, people take their own lives um, for uh, different reasons, I'm sure. But the rest of us are left here to to, um, to deal with that, to make peace with that. Um, so in that, that being a part of your testimony, what was the initial re- reaction? How, how did you deal with that loss and grief? Mm-hmm. What, and what were good ways and, and what were ways that you were not so good? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, just dealing with that. I was pretty young. I was 12 when my dad committed suicide. And four years before he committed suicide, he attempted suicide. Um, both times he shot himself in the head. Um, so I was eight when the first one happened. And um, he was, like, in the hospital for, like, two months. Um and we were all just like, we thought he was going to die, but God worked a miracle and kept him alive. And he had like very few um, major um, just effects from that. Um, he had chronic pain and his seventh cranial nerve on his face that kind of like keeps your like cheek up and stuff had died from the accident. So his lip kind of like sagged and his eye like kind of sagged too. He like couldn't blink it and stuff and he lost hearing in an ear. Um, But other than that, he was, like, still able to function. Like, he didn't have any mental damage or anything like that. He was able to go back to work, like, a year later. Um, So all that to say, (laughs) um, there was kind of, like, two phases of grief, I guess, because the first one, I was really little. um, And even though he didn't die, there were still a lot of effects of just experiencing the fact that he would want to leave us and that he was in a state of depression so badly where he would attempt his own life. Um, So I think that was kind of a different type of grief because he was still with us. And so I was young enough to not really understand it super well um, to the point where I was like, well, he's fine now. So like, 
everything's all good. Like, I got to eat a lot of hamburgers at the hospital, and we watched a lot of Spongebob. (laughs) And so (laughs) I was quite content (laughs) because he was still okay. And um, he was, like, he apologized afterwards, and I was able to, like, kind of reconcile with him. But I know the story was very different for my older siblings. Mm -hmm. I know my brother was a little bit older, so he understood more, but he was also... We kind of have a similar temperament in that we just try to make the best out of everything, even when things mm-hmm. suck. So um, we both were able to kind of, I don't know, I think we didn't deal with our feelings. So that was definitely not a good way we, we reacted. Um, whereas my sister was 13 when he attempted his life. And so she had a lot of anger towards him and um, was really hurt by the fact that he would want to leave us. And um, she didn't understand it. And Um, so that was kind of two different ways that people deal with it. Um, I think, um, the majority of my family, um, didn't want to be angry at him because we were like, oh, well, it's a like mental disorder. He had, it's kind of like a disease. Um, so we were able to look at it that way, but I think that also caused us to not really face the fact that he did attempt his own life and that we did have a right to be angry. Um, so then by the time the second time when he actually did die um I think it was easier for me to process that anger a little bit and I think it's okay um if anyone listening has experienced someone who's attempted or committed suicide I think it's okay to be angry especially if that person is um like an authority or like a really important part of your life um I think that it's easy to look at it and say like, oh, it's just a disease and which it, it totally is. Like, I don't think that um, he was in his right mind when he did kill himself. But at the same time, those effects are something that we have the right to be angry. I had to grow up like the next eight years without a father and I had a right to feel upset about that. Um, and so I think people deal with it in different ways and neither one is bad, but I think it's important to be able to recognize both of those emotions and be able to deal with them and I was fortunate enough to grow up in a household that really valued counseling and um, I grew up in a Christian household which was super helpful in being able to just be able to experience God's comfort in that Um, I think that after my dad died was the time when I grew the most with the Lord just because I kind of lost everything else, like my whole family kind mm-hmm. of like my mom had to go back to work, but I was still being homeschooled. So I was just left at the house alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had a lot of anxiety at the time just due to my dad's attempt previously. And a lot of, um, I was like on anxiety meds and I had just gotten off them. And then my dad died and I was like, ah, anxiety's flooding back. Everything is just bad yeah. again. Um, and so I think that was the time when I really just clung to the word. Um, cause it was kind of all I had at the time. And so, um, I think finding a verse that you can just cling to in times of mourning and pain is so important. Um, and it even, it doesn't even have to like be a verse that like specifically applies to that situation. It can just be something where you read it and you're like, wow, I feel like extremely comforted by this and I don't even know why. Like, um, I was reading, I really loved Philippians during that time. I, um, was reading just do not be anxious about anything but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving present your request to god mm-hmm. and the peace of god which transcends all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds in christ jesus so that was a big verse for me and then in later years it became um philippians 3 7 which is um, i consider everything a loss for the surpassing worth of knowing christ jesus my lord and so even verses that don't necessarily 
match like what you think you should be feeling can still help you. Um, and just being able to cling to God and remember that he is good, even though things are bad, which mm-hmm. is also something that is really difficult to yeah. face because mm-hmm. people will tell you that when you're mourning. And it's interesting because my family, I think I was young enough to not really know how to respond to people saying things like that. But I remember after my dad died, my mom would get so angry every time someone asked her how she was doing. And I was like, mom, like, that's just a normal, like, they're not trying to, like, Mm -hmm. tell you, like, oh, you should be doing fine. Um, But I think when you're mourning, people react in such extreme ways where it's so hard. Like, I would encourage people who don't know, like, what to say. Like, honestly, depending on how the person's mourning, sometimes nothing you can say is going to be helpful. (laughs) And sometimes everything you say is going to be helpful. It really just depends on where they're at. So, um, and God can just use the words of anyone, even if what you said isn't like usually super great thing to say, God can use that. So, um, I think that she, my mom and like, I think my sister too had like some trouble with just hearing people tell them like, well, God is good and God gives and takes away. And they're like, well, he just took away my father and my husband, like, that's not cool. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, that's what I'm. Yeah, that's what I'm going through my mind mm-hmm. every day. That's what I'm having a hard time processing. And yeah, yeah, yeah. It was interesting. I think that God works in phases, and I think it's okay to feel both angry at Him and comforted by Him at the same time. Because I remember the night my dad died, um, my brother and sister and mom and I all like got by the piano and like prayed, played worship music, and one of the songs we played was. The song where the bridge is like he gives and takes away. Yeah, blessed and then, be like, your name. Yeah, blessed be your name. And then like a few days later, we were all like thinking about it. We're like, we just sang that the day our dad died. Like that doesn't seem right. <laughs> like <laughs> we shouldn't be okay with that, right? And so I think it's okay to wrestle with those things as long as you're able to seek God for comfort. Um, I had a teacher at Moody talk about how it's okay to um, question and doubt. And, like, even be angry at God as long as you keep coming to him with your thoughts. I think the real danger is when you start to, like, stop praying to him and stop telling him how you're feeling. Like, it's better to be like Job and just tell him, like, you made everything bad. I don't understand. I'm mad at you. And then have him kind of just be like, well, you're a human and I'm God versus just ignoring him and just being mad at him silently. I think God Mm -hmm. would rather us come to him with even our ugly emotions and our ugly thoughts than just ignore him altogether. So... Yeah, whatever it is, it's supposed to be brought before him. That's that's how you can be angry and not sin. Yeah. That, that's the only way is to bring all that stuff and pour it out before him because he knows. That's one of those promises, the things that um, the Bible calls him the God of all comfort. Like he's been through everything. He yeah. came and experienced everything. Um, that he might be a fitting high priest and... Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense of, of whatever's... Because he knows what's in your heart anyway. Yeah. He always knows exactly what's in your heart. So the best thing to do is just bring it up before him. Because <laughs> yeah. you're not going to hide it from him. <laughs> yeah, and it's such a releasing thing to, like, just keeping your emotions in. I think it's really easy, at least for me, like, this year has been kind of rough in other areas. But I'm, like, I feel like it's that type of, like, struggling where I'm like, oh, things aren't, like, bad enough for me to, like, really, like, cling to God, but then things aren't good enough for me to just ignore God, which is horrible. Like, I know that (laughs) it's just a tendency of humans to be like, oh, things are good. I don't need God right now versus, like, oh, things are terrible. I need to cling to God, and I'm in that in-between phase. 
And I think the most dangerous part of that um, for anyone who's struggling with that is just to like not think about God and think you can do it on your own or think you can mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, I'm like mad at God because I don't know why he did that. So I'm just not going to talk to him for a little bit. And like, I think that's a dangerous place to be in because even if you are mad or confused, it's better to just talk to him about it and mm-hmm. tell him that you're mad and confused. Yeah. <laughs> just like anyone that you're mad or confused. <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. um, I did, there is something that I wanted to talk about. Um, earlier you mentioned... Um, counseling Mm. and um, anxiety medication and I know that those are two kind of taboo conversations or topics um, to talk about Um, as Christians like we don't call it therapy we call it counseling Mm. Um, and so I just wanted to ask you um, like what your experience was with counseling and kind of what your take on it is and yeah yeah Um, I've been in and out of counseling for most of my life, just with everything that's happened. Um, and I used to feel, like, really weird about telling people that because it is a really taboo thing in Christian communities. And um, a lot of people will be like, oh, you don't need to go to counseling. You just need to, like, read the Bible or, like, talk to a pastor. And um, those things are amazing. And I think those should be done in addition to counseling. But I don't think that you can get all of the tools you need to deal with severe pain um, and even just pain like even if you haven't gone through something like crazy or traumatic like people have so much going on in their minds all the time it's so helpful to have someone who like knows how you like people think and knows how to help people get through those thoughts um I just started going to counseling again and um my counselor was just talking to me about different ways that people have just like toxic mindsets and just how they think about things and make things harder for themselves because they're just like thinking in such like black and white all or nothing type of thinking and so I think it's super helpful for anyone not even just people who've like gone through major things um yeah and it's also definitely up to the person as well because I know that some people um don't feel as comfortable with it I don't think my brother has really wanted to as much as like I have um and I think that's totally okay I think pushing people into something like that isn't really going to be super beneficial Mm -hmm. unless they're willing to confront their feelings or willing to talk to someone about that in that setting. Um, Some people prefer to just talk with pastors um, who they know well, which is totally okay too. So I think it's really just what people are comfortable with. But um, I think the danger is making people feel uncomfortable with their decision is where it makes it harder for people. Um, But yeah, for counseling, sorry for my experiences, (laughs) um, (laughs) I... Started going when I was eight after my dad attempted suicide and I honestly had a hard time getting a lot out of it because I was so young and just different personalities like have a different time communicating things in a counseling session. I remember being like eight years old and my counselor knowing I was a kid was like here let's do some art projects to like help you kind of get through it and I was like I'm not good at art. I don't know how to do this. I didn't understand that she was trying to get me to express my emotions. So it didn't really help that much just because um, I was just really young and didn't really understand what was happening. Mm -hmm. But as I got older, it became really helpful. Um, And especially um, in addition to medication, because I had severe anxiety when I was 10 um, to the point where I like couldn't be alone in my house. And um, I was just like constantly like constantly having panic attacks. It was crazy. Um, so I finally, like, I went to counseling and that was helpful, but I still felt anxious. Like it was helpful to be able to talk about it, 
but sometimes there are things where you just have like a chemical imbalance in your brain and you need medication. Um, and so I went on medication for a little bit and I got so much better. Like it was amazing how like it fixed so many of the problems. And then when I was able to get back off the medication, um, I was able to like kind of deal with my emotions better and I felt a lot better. Um, so yeah, I think medication is really helpful. Um, and I think it's a way that God can use to heal us, even though um, it seems like kind of a taboo thing. I think that God can use anything to help us. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, he uses what he what he wants to use, yeah. And as far as who he uses for counsel, yeah. For a lot of times that's um, that's pastors. For a lot of times that's a, a close friend. For sometimes that's somebody who, yeah, is a, is a trained professional. As long as it's that counsel is ultimately checked by the word of God, then. Yeah. 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 And I think Christian counselors have been really helpful for me. Um, there's a couple in town who, um, are believers and they also like are professional counselors. And I think that's really helpful, especially as Christians. Um, it's hard to go to a counselor cause, and talk about your emotions and how that ties into your life without mentioning God. And then when you talk to someone who doesn't really know much about because there's God. a fundamental difference yeah. in the paradigm. So if you're going to counsel for someone who doesn't believe that there's a God, or doesn't believe in the same God, yeah, I can see how that would be. Yeah, it's hard. Like I think there are still like beneficial things you can, because they're all trained in a similar way. So I think you can get good counsel from someone who isn't a Christian. But I think it's ideal to talk to a Christian counselor who has that training and also understands that about God. Because so much of our life is intertwined in our spiritual life that Mm -hmm. it's hard to separate those when you're talking to someone about your emotions like that and you know that you both agree on this is the truth yeah this is what we're gonna go from and yeah we're gonna look at other things like just how the brain works and how and how how minds and thoughts and how that's kind of stuff because we've studied that kind of thing and that's it's not something i've studied but i'm really glad that there are people who who know the lord love the lord and have that ministry um who spend the time to study and 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 say, okay, well, this is how, this is how this works, and this is how we can help with this process. Um, yeah, because because most of us, or a lot of people, I'm, I'm not going to say most, but a lot of people don't go through that kind of thing and don't have the experience of, of of trying to help someone in that situation. Mm-hmm. So you end up stuck with the what do I say? Yeah. When you're trying to comfort, do what do I say? Do I say anything, or do I just come and just be there? Yeah. Um, it's which is a hard thing. Um, but I think, yeah, it sounds like the Lord has used um, a few different things um, to help you. And, yeah. Yeah, it's been a very big blessing. Yeah. yeah. Um, one other thing <laughs> I wanted to talk about. Um, uh, dur- um, when, um, when your dad did kill himself, um, I, I believe you were on the same soccer team as my brother, oh, or yeah. or it was in either you were on a team that was playing against Joe or oh, something. I think we, yeah, we were both so. playing soccer and kind of in the same grade. And I remember um, because my best friend Caitlin lived on the same street as you guys, mm. and um, yeah, fourteen year old girls love to talk about everything. <laughs> and so of course, you know, she she told me, and I kind of had an idea of who you guys were and. Um, it was probably like the next day or two days after it had happened, it, there was a soccer game and you and your mom were there just strutting your stuff. And <laughs> my, I looked at my mom, I was like, yeah, that, that's them that happened. And 
Mom was like, they are so strong to be outside. <laughs> and yeah, I just remember that being, because my mom and I are very emotional. <laughs> and, um, uh, yeah, I just remember that being just crazy mm. to us that you're we're functioning. <laughs> I kind of, I forgot that that happened because, yeah, I remember my dad died on a Thursday and I had a soccer game on a Saturday mm. and, um. Because after he died, it was just, like, the house was so, like, uh, sucked so much. Like, no one turned on the lights. We just had the TV playing constantly. And, like, a bunch of, like, people from our church had brought us food. And we were just eating and crying. And no one had, like, changed their clothes in days. And, like, it was just a mess and so sad. And I was like, Mom, I just I want to go to my soccer game. I just have to play soccer. Just <laughs> And I felt bad because I kind of made her take me. <laughs> and I'm sure she was not in a mental place to go to a soccer game. But, um... I just, I don't know why. <laughs> I just really wanted to go to the soccer game. And I remember a girl on my team, like, we had just started the game. She's like, Emma, are you okay? And I was like, yeah, I'm fine. Like, did I did I trip? Like, what? I don't know. Like, did someone kick me? And she was like, no, your dad. And I was like, oh. <laughs> like, I like, I don't know. I think it was just, I I don't know what to say about maybe that. Good, maybe good to put it out of your mind. For yeah, I think yeah. I think that was definitely part of my healing process was putting it out of my mind. Um, I don't know necessarily if going to a soccer game was super helpful. <laughs> I think it was really nice to just feel normal again for a little bit, um, especially since like when you have something big like that happen, it takes like a long time to be able to go back in public and like not think about the fact that people are looking at you and going like, oh, her dad just died. And like every time someone like says something nice to you, you're like, do you really like me? Or are you just like feeling bad for me? So I think that was a really beneficial time right after my dad died to just kind of forget about it and have like one last chance to go outside without thinking about that. Because I'm just really grateful that I didn't even like think about the fact that my dad died when that girl like asked if I was okay. Because I think that was like the first time I would have in a long time to just feel normal again. Um, and yeah, I think that putting, I, I don't know necessarily, I know that the way I dealt with it, because I was 12 when he died, and I just didn't want to, I just didn't know what to do. Everybody in my family was like mourning and dealing it with it in different ways, and I just watched so much TV. Like, <laughs> Oh my gosh, <laughs> like, we didn't have Netflix at the time, but I just, like, had all of the Disney Channel shows on the DVR, and I watched them over, like, I have all of the Austin and Alley episodes memorized, like, wow, <laughs> I watched them for, like, a year straight, it was ridiculous, and I don't know necessarily if that was healthy or not, but I think mm-hmm. that was a way for me to just not have to think about my cope. feelings. Yeah, it was a coping mechanism, and of all the addictions to have, TV is better than other things. So <laughs> definitely much worse. Yeah. <laughs> so um, something I wanted to ask, um, as far as like the faith aspect of it, mm-hmm. um, of having you said you grew up Christian home, your mom and dad were Christians, yeah. are. Um, what was that like from the faith side of it? Um, that's interesting because I felt, um, I think just because I was so young, I felt like I didn't feel a lot of the things or question a lot of the things that other people would. Cause I remember, mm-hmm. um, in one of my classes at school, like one of the teachers was saying like, Oh, like, do you think that, um, people who commit suicide go to heaven if they're saved. And I was like, why wouldn't they? Like, I never even, like, thought about that. I was like, why wouldn't he? He just killed himself. Like, he's still a Christian. (laughs) For some reason, that didn't even, like, come to my mind. 
Um, and then, like, some other people talked about it. I was like, wow, this is something people, like, don't know the answer to. And I just, I never thought about that because um, I kind of think about it as, like, if you're in a car and you, like, slap your sister and then immediately get into a car accident and die, like, you're still going to heaven, but just because you sinned right before mm-hmm. you die doesn't mean you're not going to heaven, you know, if you still believe in Jesus. Um, and with suicide, obviously, it's very different, and there's a lot of nuances, but I think that um, it was hard to wrap my mind around the fact that um, he would do something so terrible, um, even to himself, um, but also I knew that he was in a mental state that wasn't really the person I knew. Um, Mm -hmm. He was, like, it's interesting because my dad was such a, like, rule follower and like such a like really high moral guy um and like he just like was a super hard worker and like did everything to support his family like he was really stressed about always like wanting to support us and stuff um and so it was interesting trying to not interesting it was weird to try to reconcile how someone like that could do something so selfish Mm -hmm. um and I think I kind of didn't deal with that for a long time um But I think as I started to just, like, think about it, I was able to recognize that it was a selfish thing, but that's, like, and it's obviously not something that's excusable, but at the same time, it's something that happened, and um, I think it's not as beneficial to focus on that, and it's more beneficial, especially just for my family, to, like, I don't want to put him in a bad light after he died, you know. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I, I'm getting off topic, but all that <laughs> no, to say. I kinda, yeah, I kind of know <laughs> yeah. what, you, what you mean as far as, yeah. Yeah, and in, uh, in that respect, like, I think it also was a little bit difficult um, spiritually because people would always, like, after he died, I had a lot of anxiety. It went through depression um, and stuff like that, and people would tell me, like, God will never give you something you can't handle. It's like, well, he gave my dad something he couldn't handle. Like, he literally killed himself. What do you want me to do? <laughs> like, that doesn't... Yeah. So I think I definitely wrestled with that. Um, and hearing people say, like, oh, like, God will get you through it. I'm like, what if he just doesn't? Like, that's what happened with my dad. Like, and obviously, I think that my dad got to a point where he stopped seeking God out and started just focusing on the negatives. And that really took its toll. And um, I'm sure there was like some spiritual warfare going on with that as well, but um, yeah, because there's that promise that we have that um, he'll he'll not allow us to be tempted beyond what we'll be able to bear, but we'll make a way of escape. So it's not like mm-hmm. uh, we can come up against it with our our will uh, in ourselves against force, but he makes a way of escape. Yeah, and so it's that. Um, yeah, I think it's often. Um, maybe miss said that he'll never give you something that that you that's more than you can handle he always gives us things that are more than we can handle he yeah. commands us to do good that's more than we can handle mm-hmm. yeah so that we fall on our knees in front of him and beg <laughs> that's <sounds> terrible <laughs> yeah. well just that's that's what it is it's calling on his name because mm-hmm. if it's going to be anything good even on a base level it, it's got to come from him that's that's beyond our ability to really do something purely truly good cuz He's the one who is good. So that kind of thing of that that idea of like, well, you'll you'll be able to handle it. You'll be able to do it. No, you you gotta you gotta flee to him. Yeah. And there's there's um, he that's the promise that there's a way of escape. There's there's a way in any temptation to to run to him um, because we'll be overwhelmed um, because we'll be overtaken 
um, but he he never is. Um, yeah. yeah, I think that's where just the danger of not looking to him and clinging to him even in the darkest times is where my dad was, and um, that's kind of yeah, that's mm-hmm. how I reconcile that verse because it's I think there's a lot of things that you hear and just like how God like has um, like made his plan perfect in us and like God knows the plans he has for us. And then I think about my dad, I'm like, my dad, like that was God's plan for him. There's so much um, just about God's sovereignty that suicide makes you question. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think that that's okay, I guess. I think there's a lot of those questions that I still don't quite know the answer to, but um, just knowing that God is still good in it and seeing the evidence of that in my life even after these things have happened and seeing how God has been able to work and is still good to me even though I don't understand how that mm-hmm. happened with my dad um, I think is like something that you have to deal with I guess. Yeah because you can um, it's plain to see and scripture makes it very clear if we say we have no sin we deceive ourselves and the truth mm-hmm. is not in us so every one of us who's the Lord has 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 called and saved um, we still sin we we still mess up we don't it's not instant perfection um <laughs> oh, i wish <laughs> right <laughs> um and so but he knows that from the from the get go um he, he knows that um even having um passed us from death to life we're still going to um mess up we're still going to make uh, um uh we're still going to do the wrong thing um at times because we're we're human when um, we're dust, and he knows that, and he saves us anyway, and he is um, saving us to the uttermost and working that out and refining us. So I think it's an interesting thing um, to bring up, just like the the slapping your sister <laughs> argument, um, because I, I had actually um, heard someone sharing on that um, a few years back, and it, it was something I had never considered either, mm-hmm. that idea of, well, um, is suicide an unpardonable sin? Well, you look scripturally, there's only one, and that's blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, denying the work of God or denouncing that as the work of the enemy kind of a thing. Um, and I think that maybe some of that's a holdover from, like, the Catholic Church days when, mm-hmm. like, if, if you committed suicide, you couldn't go to purgatory. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, just the idea that sin is sin, and, and, and it's all, in the eyes of God, it is all equally evil. Yeah. Um, and and his his grace is enough, and you can't, like you said, the idea that well, if you didn't repent of that specific thing, we sin more than we know. Yeah. <laughs> Every day we sin more than we know. We fall short, and because that's what it is, it's just falling short of the mark, and we fall short in so many ways that we don't aren't even aware of because our refinement hasn't gotten to that point yet, where we're we're just trying to you know avoid the outright sins. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Much, loose, much less the hard attitudes that we entertain all the time. Um, and that I, uh, that just the idea of, well, if, it's, if I hadn't repented of everything of today or everything of the last five seconds, well, then I, then I wasn't saved. That's not, if, you were, if he has indeed, if his sacrifice is enough for, all, for your sins and it's done as he said it is, it is finished then he knows. And when you put your faith in him, everything that you do wrong, every way in which you fall short, the penalty is paid for in Christ. Yeah. And that's 
that it's it, it comes down to faith. It's not a did you repent enough times today? Repentance, yeah, absolutely. Repent and believe in the gospel, and then at that, at that moment when you put your faith in Him, it's finished. Mm-hmm. So that that to me was something that I hadn't really thought about, um, but then when I did and look at it, I was it's comforting, and it's to me it's pretty plain. Yeah, yeah, and it's kind of like a weirdly comforting thing because, like, I'm able to look at my dad and go, like, wow, God can even forgive that, like, a man committing suicide and leaving his family behind. Um, and, like, you can see God's grace even in that and how he was able to keep us going <laughs> after that and everything. Um, mm-hmm. You just are able to see that how much the cross really can cover. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, thank you for sharing, Emma. Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's, a, it's a real thing, and it's a hard thing that doesn't get talked about a whole lot because it is a hard thing. Um, yeah. So, yeah. Thank you guys for well, listening. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime. All right, well, um, hopefully that was encouraging and uh, edifying for you guys. Um, again, just um, praying that the Lord would bless you and that he would um, continue to grow his body cause us to bear fruit for him. See you later. Bye. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>